Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All I had to cover myself up with was a snorkeling mask. I might not take the snorkeling <laughs> What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. A surfboard has been spotted on the island, which must mean our VIP has arrived. Formerly from the southwest of England, now in a very landlocked London, it is a British wrestler, a YouTube guy, and a gnarly surfer dude. He starts his 2020 with a bang this Saturday at EWE Reloaded in Buckinghamshire in the UK. But before that, he's popped by for a chat. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished island guests, this is Chuck Mambo. Oh, what's happening, wrestling fans? I'm Chuck Mambo, gnarliest wrestler in the world, just having an ordinary Saturday. Except I'm not having an ordinary Saturday, because it's the King of Trios, and I'm in the Rey de Voladores tournament. I could actually win the Rey de Voladores tournament on my debut at Shikara. This day is getting better and better. I've seen that I'm wrestling Red Eagle. I've been looking at his stuff. He's sweet, so that's gonna be a total honor. The other stuff, I'm not really sure. It looks like I'm wrestling shadows, but hey, I do a lot of shadow boxing. <laughs> Can laughter, please? <clears throat> Anyway, I don't know who they are. Clearly, we're here at Shikara. They're going to be sweet wrestlers. So I'm going to have to give it my all. I'm going to have to fly the flyest flying match I ever flew. And then by the end of this, you could be looking at the 2017 Mr. Ray de Voladores, Raymundo Chukmambo. <laughs> Yo, uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling human again uh, after New Year's and everything. Trying to hit the ground running. And uh, yeah, good. How are you, man? I'm doing all good here, thank you. Very similar, similar situation. Trying to get back into into good habits all round. Out of interest, uh, in terms of starting the new year right, food wise, what would Peter and the Pan be cooking? Oh, my dear friend Peter. Good morning, cookery lovers. I am Peter. These are my pans. You are my fans. And today we are diving in to some pickled lettuce vegetable cups. I can only assume it would, in, it would entail some lettuce, uh, <laughs> which seems to be a conceit on that show. This is the YouTube series that you started. Yeah, well, my friend Dan and I, he's a friend from uni, and uh, uh, he, always, he always wants to make like funny videos, but they always end up being really sad. Like, <laughs> we thought it would just be funny to have a, a TV show, uh, not a TV show, like a cookery show, 
where like the smoke alarm keeps going off but then like somehow he's like ended up getting trolled by some mystery troll and yeah, so it always ends up taking some sad turn. <laughs> it does always seem to end on a bit of a sad note, but I quite like yeah. that. It's quite a real... Like, the world needs, like, quite a, quite a real cookery show, <laughs> uh, which, I'm, which I'm quite excited Peter's about. is as real as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you planning to do more stuff like that in 2020? Oh, yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, he... Uh, my friend Dan there, he... Uh, got a job with like a TV development company and they said, oh, we like your silly videos, but like um, try and brand it better. So I'm hoping, and I I mean, I don't know if it will work out, but um, me, TK and Dan are going to try and make some fun videos uh, under the name General Fun Time Sally. <laughs> oh, brilliant. We're here to talk about wrestling uh, primarily. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're sending you on a desert island, Chuck. Oh, nice. I know, right? Beautiful weather, nice breeze, all that stuff. And uh-huh. um I'm going to let you uh, burn a DVD, and on that DVD, you're going to pick your three favorite wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, and they can be from any era, any decade, or whatever. So, what will your uh-huh. first wrestling match be that you'd like to watch on the desert island? Do you know, I've been thinking about this since, you, uh, since we talked about this, and I, I haven't really narrowed it down to three, but like I, I'm just going to pick from the jumble that I made. And the, the first one, I only saw it for the first time the other day. The Hulkster versus Undertake, and it is phenomenal. He's going to try to pin him with a tombstone. Oh, yes. No one has ever gotten up from that table. Look at that monster. Paul Bear can't believe it. Who's that in Time. You know how all the old timers are always like, hey man, you gotta sell more. You gotta like, moves don't mean anything if you just don't sell them. Like Hogan spells the whole time, just like getting his ass kicked and getting his ass kicked and getting his ass kicked. And then eventually, uh, Undertaker gives him a tombstone <laughs> and then just rather than pinning, just goes and like leans on the ropes, takes a breather. And in that time, the tombstone woke Hulkster up <laughs> and that's what sends him into a state of Hulkamania. <laughs> It's phenomenal. <laughs> the best damn storytelling I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think it's funny when, like, the old time, you see the actual, yeah, reality of the olden days when, when a Tombstone was what woke up Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hogan was synonymous for that. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna give Hogan your finisher, he is no doubt about to <laughs> come back to life miraculously and just about save the day at the last minute. Uh, just everything about it, just hitting a tombstone and then just going to lean on the ropes and just be like, ah. You should have pinned him. That's what you do every single time. Why have you decided to change your mind on this particular occasion? Obviously, that they're way better wrestlers than me. I'm, I'm honestly not saying it like ironically. Like I know. I, when I watch it, I'm not in any kind of sarcastic way. I just It's really exciting and fun to watch. What was the first match you remember catching your eye? Catching my eye. Yeah, before like like in the early because because I you you started sort of training a bit when you were fifteen, so you were yeah. obviously into wrestling around your teenage years. Mm. Uh, was there anything that was there a particular match that made you think, oh, I like this wrestling malarkey? Oh uh, right, yeah. Well, when I was like um, when I was a young kid, I honestly apparently it never happened, but my friend took me around to his friend's house and showed us this uh, video, and I have this like memory that must have just been invented of like the big show just being behind a curtain and then running out and attacking the undertaker but like i don't remember it being on 
on like a WWF set at all. It looks like it was in like a town hall in my memory. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know how that can be, but definitely it was like some old videos from like, I guess the Attitude Era. But the first one that I like properly remember, I had like, a, we recorded an episode of Heat and it was like, there's something like The Rock versus The Dudleys in a um, in a lumberjack match. But then, you know how wrestling is like was completely crazy back then? Like it ended up being the Rock and the Dudleys for all of the lumberjacks. <laughs> oh yeah, they all they all go. We're just going to start a big old schmoz with everybody around here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Halcyon days. The Attitude Era was uh, it was a lot of people jumped on in the Attitude Era, and I think if you're watching wrestling at that point, it would either be this is a load of nonsense. Put something else on, or. I can't stop watching this. There was no real in-between. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it was great because my friend had Sky as well, so I'd go around his on, like, a Friday night and would watch Raw and then wake up and watch SmackDown. And then they had, like, Superstars and then Experience or something like that or Velocity or something. So, yeah, like, six hours of wrestling in two days. And it was, and, and and you were just captivated by it. Was it apart with the Rock? Obviously, who stood out to everybody. Was there anybody else on that roster at that point who you really liked? Maybe somebody a bit off the beaten track. I think my favorite was Mankind, um, and my favorite favorite Mankind was Dude Love. Actually, oh. but, um, uh, like the off the beaten track ones, I fucking loved Too Cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were the best, and. Um, Al Snow also, but me and TK were watching, like, we kind of went down, like, some YouTube hole, and I didn't realize, like, I never, my whole time, my whole life, <laughs> I thought Too Cool were actually, like, really good, cool dancers, but I didn't realize that they, like, started off doing that as, like, they were the butt of the joke, like, oh, look at these idiots who can't dance, thinking they can dance. Did you know that? The, the, the joke was that they couldn't dance. Yeah. Well, I, well, that was why we hated them, wasn't it? Because Apparently, they're, they're I, rubbish see, at I dancing. Grew... Boo! <laughs> I'd, I'd only seen them like when they were already good guys or whatever. And like, Scotty too hot, he could do the worms. Uh, I think that was, <laughs> he's got to be a pretty good dancer. What was funny was if you watch those early episodes as well, how the commentators just rag on them for being bad dancers. Their dancing never improved, but the commentators here in once once they once it was established that these are the good guys, commentators yeah. love their dancing all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling's at its best when it's inherently nonsense. Yeah, I really do think that. Like, not that you laugh at the nonsense, but you just don't really question the nonsense. You're just like, oh, yeah, shit, he's got to put his goggles on before he can hit the um, hip-hop drop. It was the hip-hop drop. Yeah. <laughs> old Memphis Jam, as it was. Uh, you mentioned um, you mentioned TK there, of course, talking about your uh, ETM partner, TK Cooper. Uh, yeah. How did you meet TK? Oh, do you know, the first time we met, um, uh, he came to a shoot and fight Wednesdays at the... Uh, I guess at the time it was maybe the Projo or it might have just become the Knuckle Locks school. But um, so like Daryl Allen and Danny Garnell would teach like real fighting on a Wednesday. And um, and he came to that and uh, we had like a little wrestle there. And Danny Garnell had taught me this cool thing about like everyone tries to choke people out. But if you just like are in the same position and just squeeze their nose, it's just so uncomfortable. People <laughs> normally tap out. So I like was squeezing TK's nose like fuck. Just like, ah, it's not working, Danny. <laughs> and then it was like bleeding all everywhere. But TK still didn't tap out. So <laughs> I just felt really bad. And I was like, oh, no, maybe he doesn't think I'm like some dick who's just trying to haze the new guy. <laughs> 
And that was how you made friends. And that was, uh, yeah, that beautiful friendship ever since then. <laughs> Because you, because you, obviously, then you were you were both sort of following your own journey. I know that with TK Cooper, like he travelled around the world and he's really established himself in the UK. When did you guys finally go? Let's let's combine our powers here. <laughs> it was a wrap. Do you know? I don't really know. Like sometime in the last two years, we just started hanging out a bunch more. <laughs> and then the first time we like filmed ETM was we had a weekend where it was Brighton for Riptide, and then Super Strong Style weekend. And we thought it'd be fun to do like something at Strong Style where whoever goes out first has to wear the other person's T-shirt to the ring on the next day. And then um, we like both went out in the first round, so we both had to wear each other's T-shirts in this triple threat on the second day. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Then we just uh, kept having fun with the show and all. And now we haven't actually done an episode of the show for a little while, but um, I guess we'll get on that. I think the last one was, was it just before Christmas? I saw there was a Christmas episode where you guys were traveling around the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He does all the editing, you see. I just send him stuff, and then uh, I never really know if it got on or not, unless I managed to. I think, I think you were at Resurgence on the last one. I might be wrong. Oh, yeah, Possibly. man, Resurgence is the nuts. It's so good. For those who don't know about it, because because there's there's a, there's a, such a such a wonderful culture of of wrestling in the UK that a lot of American people might not know about. And Wrestling Resurgence is one of those shows uh, mm. that, that as a as a as a as a as somebody who works within the the journalistic side, I love to talk about. And as a fan, I love to go see. Like yeah. so, so talk about Wrestling Resurgence a bit because you're you're very much a name there. Yeah, it's a blast. Like I I don't fully understand it. I believe it's like somehow partially arts council funded and it comes from like a place of like uh you know the whole wrestling is art movement type thing but the, I, the first show kind of felt like doing like a camp type show but for an adult audience because in like an art center and it was like two matches in the first half and two in the second half and it's quite rare now like just crowds that will like lose their mind if they see an arm drag or something <laughs> but since then it's developed quite a lot like i think they're getting their head more around storytelling and whatnot and think some of their stuff like the things they're doing with Kara and spike is like pretty advanced storytelling beautiful artistic creature guy against spike who thinks he's like been wronged because we're supposed to be in this like uh embracing community that accepts everyone's values but no one accepts his values but then that's because his values are actually kind of intolerant. <laughs> so, and they have a lot of fun with it as well. They have that like patented art house wrestling match or whatever they do every year. But it's like a like a weapons match, but with like easels and crayons and <laughs> It's just again and it comes back to what is it, a recurring theme I think with us, Chuck, is that wrestling's best when it's inherently nonsense. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's crack on with your second match for the DVD. So we've got Oh um... nice. The Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> when they were telling that whole story of like Kenny was really wrapped up about who was going to be the leader of the Bullet Club and then Matt felt like Kenny was ignoring them so then they announced they were going to become heavyweight wrestlers and, and then there's all this tension and Nick doesn't really have a problem with Kenny but he has like a bit of a problem but not as much as Matt and then Ibushi doesn't really have a dog in the fight he's just like I've never seen a tag match and maybe I'm just ignorant of tag wrestling or something but I've never seen a tag match that had that many like individual stories told so well We have brought back the Golden Lovers. We are, without a shadow of a doubt, the best tag team in the world. I'm gonna puke in my mouth. The Golden Lovers are not 
the best tag team in the world. The Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Yeah, the Golden Lovers, yeah, Young Bucks thing, because it was after Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi had reunited. So sort of Kota Ibushi mm. was, for lack of a better term, sort of like the 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 bring bringing home a new friend and uh, and the young bucks were like well who's this guy like he's not one of us and he wasn't one of us but it was a separate thing it was a really well layered story i thought that was mm. uh, a really well told uh, bit of wrestling as well uh, but you got to pick one out of those two uh, unless you unless you want to take both and skip off your third one skip but... my next one. well the other yeah well cuz the other thing was just so cool about like the elite doing their poses against British Strong Style doing their poses. It's like, oh my God, everyone's a fucking superstar in this ring. And then obviously, like, they had a lot of fun, but then they, like, were doing fucking crazy stuff. They were, like, doing indie takers to the floor. <laughs> I think Tyler, yeah, no, they were setting up for, like, a double indie taker, I think. And then British Strong Style reverse it. And then Tyler does the, like, Undertaker dive into it on the floor. It was unreal. And the reactions everyone was getting was mad. Hmm. What, what is it you love with tag team wrestling? Excitement, because there's twice as many bodies. <laughs> so it's just a lot more opportunity for chaos. Eh? <laughs> I think what's quite cool about it is you get to have like the, the like different team dynamic. Two people who are just badass or like a goofy guy and a straight man or like a two goofs. Or, and I think the antiques are still kind of figuring that one out. Like sometimes we're two goofs, sometimes we're like, goofy straight man um sometimes we're just both trying to be actually really good wrestlers <laughs> there's one tag team match that there's, there's many that you've had that stands out because uh, we've worked together a few times at north wrestling uh, so i've had the pleasure of, of announcing you guys to the ring and yourself to the ring and singles matches as well and uh, i've had the 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 privilege of, of calling your matches on commentary as well and uh, there's one that stands out, and I wanted to talk about it today. And it oh, was no. um, a match that you'd had, and it was yourself and uh, Believer, Sweet Jesus. Oh, yeah. Against the Sons of Ulaid oh, in God. North Wrestling. Now, <laughs> um, the building. Uh, no, and this is and, and this is the thing. I was why I wanted to bring it up, because I genuinely admired how you all dealt with that unusual, that unorthodox crowd. Like you all dealt with it so well, and you and you worked it so well because oh, it was a unique situation where, to, to if you don't know, to to let you in, um, uh, sweet Jesus, you guys had come back, you you know you you and uh, there was a lot of love for you in the building, and there was, but with Sons of Ule, the team you were facing, there was mm. a lot of there was a groundswell of support, and we kind yeah, of saw yeah. that during the match that that twisting of the the, the fan support changed. Yeah, and uh, what in, being in that moment, and, and I'm, I only bring it up because I thought you guys handled it really well. <laughs> and I, I wanted to kind of being in that moment where where the crowd is, for, for lack of a better term, sort of turning on you. Like, mm. how what goes through your head with that? Do you know, I know it wasn't that long ago, but I think back then I was like, well, I wish we could just turn this and we'd just flip and be baddies. But how could you possibly do that <laughs> when we've already? got this match planned out <laughs> spoilers um <laughs> but like these days i think i would definitely just be like oh okay we'll be the baddies <laughs> and that's it just a little quick line ago we'll be bad now <laughs> yeah i think like not like full-on bad you know but like I'd, I'd like to believe that these days i'd be able to read it and be like oh, okay well sons of you later like clearly the ones that people want so let's take it away from them and then they can run the hot tag <laughs> and then uh 
that'll be a more fun match. <laughs> Have you had to encounter anything maybe not like that, but in a case where you found yourself having to really think on the fly and, and something magic's come from it? Uh, so I beat Sugar Dunkerton for the uh, title at Tidal, and he was like really their hero and stuff. They loved him. And then he gave me this like nice big speech, like giving me the rub, you know, putting me over. Um, and then, I, I mean, they'd already been booing me anyway. Like they booed me when I wasn't against their like number one baby face. And sometimes they cheered me as well. Like a lot of the fans there were like really supportive, but there was a good amount of them that were booing. And then in that match, because it was like a submissions match as well. So you had to kind of be pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I was being all like aggressive to sugar. So the fans were like pretty unhappy with me. So I gave him like a nice big hug. And I was like, sugar, <laughs> can you take a bad burrito? And he was like, what's that? And I was like, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and they gave him like a nice bad burrito. And then everyone was booing. And I ran away and all with the title. I was like, ah, that was fun. It's nice when you get to just like, I think that's my favorite thing about wrestling, like the energy of the crowd and like kind of interacting with it and what you put out and when it comes back and just kind of feeling it. And Tidal are a really cool company for just letting you do what you want. <laughs> they just let you crack on, don't they, do Tidal? Yeah, yeah, they're really cool about it. They're like, hey, we like you um, and we trust you. So go ahead and do what you think's right, which is really nice. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You sort of bill yourself as a surfer, but you are a real life surfer. I think it's worth pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When well, you... I was a real life surfer when I, when I didn't spend my weekends wrestling. <laughs> when did you take up surfing initially? Where? Uh, initially in Newquay in um, Devon, or possibly Cornwall, <laughs> I don't really know. Because um, uh, I grew up in like the southwest, but not really by the sea. But like close enough that you could get there a good few weekends, you know. Mostly in Wollacombe Bay, which is this really nice little like beach town. There's a good little surfing beach. Tell us something that we wouldn't know about surfing that you learned. We were doing the um, Freedom's Road tapings. And I, I had that like time traveling surfboard gimmick. And then straight from there, we went to, I got to like fly somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but I finally got to surf a reef. 
which um, I had no, I had like no idea how fun how much more fun they are because um, like the land suddenly gets shallow so the waves break like quite big or whatever um, and I was getting to like surf on those which I'd wanted to do for like a long time but what I didn't know when I found out is um, it's way harder to get off the board when like the wave stops because it's spiky on the floor and it's really shallow. So you like ride this wave and then want to just kind of like sit back down on your board if you can, get back out to the deep water as quickly as you can because everything's spiky and hurt. And you realize you learned that the hard way by the sound of it. That I did. That I did. Oh, <laughs> but it was still really fun. But oh, yeah, generally, nice. I try I try to avoid branding myself as like a surfer or anything like that anymore. I tried to just mm. be like, ah, oh, Chuck Mamba. <laughs> yeah, it was that was... Really it surf often that uh and you know i don't know like i think back then i was fine with being like oh i'm the surfer guy because it's a character in wrestling but these days i think everyone everyone's quite authentic about who they are for the most part and i don't want to be like trying to convince people that i can surf better than i can or anything like that like i really enjoy surfing was it jim smallman that suggested the surfing thing to you from progress yeah, he was like i imagine you're in a surfboard right I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And he was like, okay, well, uh, maybe go with that. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And um, I had a friend called Chuck who was a really good surfer. So maybe that was an easy start. Kind of cool name. Does he know you stole your name? Does does he know his name has been lifted? You know, I I, probably not. I knew him for like three months um, whilst he was over here from America. So he may not ever, uh, ever know. He will now. As well as three wrestling matches, um, you're allowed to take onto this album, onto this island, um, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Ooh, nice. So, uh, what what movie would you like to take? Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be the greatest movie ever because a lot of people think, oh, I'll put Shawshank Redemption down immediately. But it's well, not that way. It's about a, a movie that you're happy to watch like multiple times if need be. Probably something with Leslie Nielsen in it, do you know? Uh, Maybe one of the Naked Guns. Any particular one? Two and a half or 33 and a third? 22 and a half, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good Um, show. Or, do you know what? I still haven't seen all the way through, but I think it's hilarious. Dracula dead and loving it. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a hell of a reference. Hey? That's a hell of a reference. I love it. (laughs) I love Leslie Nielsen, man. When I was a teenager, I think that was the first time I cried when when he died. <laughs> oh, bless you! No, and yeah. a phenomenal performer. Um, I'm, I'm presuming, as a wrestling fan, you've sought out Leslie Nielsen from WWF in 1994. Was he? Did he do something in WWF? <gasps> oh, mate! Oh yeah. my God, that's my afternoon change. Right, SummerSlam 1994. Yeah. Uh, it is the Undertaker versus the Undertaker. Yeah. Right. And the build up to it features like the Undertaker was 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 beaten was beaten up, put in a casket, and disappeared forever. So mm. they so Leslie Nielsen goes on the hunt to find the Undertaker. <gasps> I did know about that. Oh my god! How could I forget? That? <laughs> oh. oh, I'm gonna watch that immediately. Well, there, well, there you go. That's your afternoon sorted. Uh, catching up on Leslie Nielsen and the oh, Undertaker. Man, yes. Yeah. Have you ever watched his uh, Bad Golf Made Easy? No, I haven't. Uh, dude, it's like an instructive video about uh, some golfers struggling, and he's like, oh, come on, remember now, Jimmy. I don't play golf to feel bad. I play bad golf 
<laughs> I feel good. <laughs> he was he was so dry in everything he did, but it was just it was watching what I love about those shows, like the Naked Gun movies especially and like Police Squad, is you can watch them four or five times and yeah. every time you see something a bit different. Something like, else is stupid, yeah. <laughs> there'll be like a panning shot of the police station and you'll see the silhouette of a T Rex go past the window. And, and it will not be acknowledged in any way. It'll just happen. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that film Spy Hard? It's basically Naked Gun, but like a PG version, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I seem to. I weirdly remember watching it on a cross-channel ferry. Oh, nice way to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, if gonna, I guess, I guess it is. But no, it was really. It felt. I was nervous uh, even at a young age. I thought I, the Naked Gun films were so good. And like yeah. this is so many years removed from that. Is this still going to have that Leslie Nielsen magic? And it did. And it absolutely yeah. And then in the end, when they're fighting in the evil enemy layer, and um, uh, like it's all looking bad, he just tags in Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> because of course he does. Like you say, man, wrestling's at its best when it's ridiculous. <laughs> it absolutely is. There's a friend of mine. Um, who I met years ago, uh, named Brian Waterman, and he did an animated series. On, uh, I think it must have been Newgrounds back then, and he yeah. he wrote the he wrote the script for a movie based on the the animated series he did, and he got Leslie Nielsen to do the voices for it before he died. No way. Yeah, but he's never actually finished the movie, which drives oh, me dude, crazy. That's so sad. It's, he has to finish it. <laughs> the Waterman movie. Hashtag finish the Waterman movie. Uh, hashtag finish the Waterman movie. Because <laughs> Leslie Nielsen's done, there's a whole load of dialogue from Leslie Nielsen that we've never sadly heard. Oh my God. I can't wait for it to come out. When's it coming out? <laughs> uh, well, it was, it was com- coming summer 2003, I seem to remember. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so we'll see. People always love something from the vault. Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, how about an album? What album do you want to take with you, Chuck? One of my favorite albums is By The Way, even though apparently it's not like a very good Chili Peppers album. I think it's great. <laughs> oh, why, when, when do you remember first hearing that album? I think when I was like 10 or 11 or something, um, when it like first came out. So it was, uh, were you, was that your first Chili Peppers album or was that you've been a I think a so. Like I, maybe I had Californication first, but maybe I got that after hearing By The Way. I'm not quite sure. Hmm. It's quite a rich album, that is, as well. There's quite a lot going on in that one. Yeah, it's got a load of fun songs, like Cabrone and um, some other one. I got myself into a masochistic hole. I don't know. It's got loads of, like, faux Mexican stuff. (laughs) Uh, But maybe, maybe the Buena Vista Social Club album instead. Because that is a nice... I mean, if you're going to be on a sunny beach all day, too... That ben. is, yeah, that's a lovely soundtrack. That's a lovely yeah. soundtrack for when. That's nice. One of his so stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's a good shout. One of those two. Which one do you want to take? Ooh, I'll take Buena Vista. Good shout. Good shout. And your luxury item, sir. What is like a luxury item? Like a like a silver spoon? Okay, so I'll give you some. So Mike Quackenbush uh, from uh, <laughs> one of your haunts, Chikara, um, <laughs> uh, would to take one of his suits with him because he likes to dress well even in the heat. He does dress well. Uh, Cowboy James Storm's taking toilet paper. Well. Uh, which is a bit peculiar. Um, I guess that makes sense because, man, how big is the desert island? Oh, it's massive. There's loads of people on here at the moment. Oh, okay. There's Col- loads of people. Yeah, they're all wrestlers or wrestling people. 
nice. That's cool. I thought I was going to be on my Todd for the rest of my life. No, you could you could chat with David Starr, who's bringing his body pillow. Body pillow. Yeah, he likes a body pillow. That's like a pillow, but for your whole body. Yeah. So like you, so you lie like down next to it and you you hug it. Ooh, that sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. So those are the sort of thing. Oh, Colt Cabana is bringing a B day. Ooh, that's fancy. That'll get pretty down. They'll get down well with Cowboy James Storm. <laughs> exactly. Maybe in like the VIP section of the island. <laughs> Man, I didn't know I was stranded in such good company. You're in great company, sir. Sometimes and I And now so are they. Ah, God bless you. I don't know. I don't deserve to be in it. Do you know that's what? Like... My, my guiltiest pleasure in these environmental crisis times is my deep, deep love of putting a hairdryer into my bed sheets. <laughs> <Just going off>. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> It's just so warm and nice. <laughs> Actually, and I guess it's a special kind of warmness that comes from it. It is a very special type of warmness. <laughs> Although, is there electric on the island? Um, well, there's a DVD player, so I guess there is some rudimentary form of electricity. Ah, uh, maybe some solar panels. There you go. So you can take, mm. you can take a hairdryer if you want. Yeah, that would be cool. <gasps> you know what I might take? Yeah. One of those, uh, like, snorkeling masks where you can breathe underwater. Nice! Yeah, that'd be cool. So you can, you can go, hang go out with snorkeling. Huh? So you can go snorkeling. I love snorkeling. <laughs> this oh. one time, I figured out the perfect formula for cold water. If you have two cans of beer, then you're, like, still, like, not drunk, so you can enjoy it. But, like, you're just a little bit numb to the cold. And then this beach was, like, a nudist beach or whatever. But I didn't really want to because... Um, like, uh, you could also not be nude. And my mum and her, her husband were there. Uh, but then I, like, wandered off and found this bit. And I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe it's fun to just be naked on the beach. So I went snorkeling and all. And I was following these fish. And it was all cool. And I was like, wow, these fish are, like, moving without flipping. That's pretty cool. And then it turned out I got caught up in some tide that was taking me out to sea. And I was like, oh, shit. So I, like, swam real hard, real hard, real hard to get back to the water. Uh, but then... There was these, like, um, two ladies on the beach where I thought I was alone, and I was just completely naked, so I was like, oh, that's all right. I think I can probably get, like, pretty close to land before they have to see anything, you know, like, just lurk in the shallows, you know? But then it turned out that it was, like, knee-deep for, like, 50 meters to the to the beach. So I was like, oh, man. And then uh, I didn't have, you know, it was cold water. I, not that I had a lot to show for myself in the best of times, but certainly not after the cold water. So, I, I mean, all I had to cover myself up with was a snorkeling mask. And they do that weird, like, light refraction thing. I might not take the snorkel. <laughs> you can make some friends. I'll take some swimming trunks. <laughs> the final thing we need from you, we have one more match that you want to oh, put in. Yeah. Oh, man, I was thinking about it. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. Pa Taka Michinoku versus Pantera from Raw. Two great light heavyweights here. Certainly Taka, one of the most uh, highly recruited free agents in all of the wrestling world. Certainly is a building a tremendous fan base thus far here in the World Wrestling Federation. And this will be a lightning quick matchup. Wow. That's out of left field, but I love it. Why that one? Like, someone told me about that great match like Triple H and Taka had one time or whatever. Yeah, then, with the title on the line. Genuinely, we all thought that Taka Michinoku was about to become WWF champion. It was a <laughs> it moment. Wouldn't that have been so good? But um, and that is a great match. But then YouTube like started rolling me over to all the WWF cruiserweight stuff, and they are just so constantly all over the shop. It's great. 
I love it. <laughs> and then this match particularly is they do some of the craziest stuff ever. In my head it was anyway. It was like like a uh, I can't even remember how to name it, but it, it's like on the apron and Pantera does like a from behind forward Hurricane Rana onto the apron and he I'm pretty sure he falls off the ring or something. Like it is crazy the stuff they're doing. <laughs> when you were first ingesting that, how old were you? So I think I would have seen the Taka match when I was like ten maybe, but I couldn't remember it or anything. So I watched it like last year. <laughs> that was when me and TK got stuck in that loophole that led us to too cool before they were cool. Oh <laughs> back when they were just like Oh, too sexy or something? Too, too much. Too much, yeah. That doesn't sound like a good name. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that is a... So, you, so, 10 years old, you'd say? There's loads of wrestling that people talk about, and it, like, vaguely sounds familiar, but I'm not... I can't really remember it. But as well, when I was watching wrestling back then, I was, like, playing with my figures at the same time. So, <laughs> I probably didn't watch, like, half the show. But I watched it again, like, last year, and it... It stands the test of time, man. They don't worry about like putting a heat on or anything like that. It's just like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it's great. Get in there, get it done, get away again. I guess so. I oh it. man, some of the stuff. Dude, you know what? I forgot a couple of like matches that I would have taken though, because I would have definitely wanted to take Zack Saber versus Chris Hero from like IPW one time. And it was billed as elbow versus armbar. Oh, okay. Okay, well I could be on the reserve list. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. Like unless, you, unless you want to swap it out. This is unprecedented. We ah. can rebuild a DVD. Unless you want to swap it out for uh, Young uh, Bucks Golden Lovers or mm. this or, or Pantera Attacker or Undertaker Hogan. Oh, you know, oh, it probably is a better wrestling match than Undertaker <laughs> versus Hogan. Oh, but I didn't get to see him hook. No, no, I don't know. I don't oh, know. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have an unprecedented reburning of a DVD. The DVD man, and he can choose. <laughs> I'll just I'll send a bunch of matches and I'll say just pick some random numbers and go. <laughs> pick some of these. Eddie Brock would be on there as well, actually. From what was it? Like No Oh No, no Way Out 2004. The night that Eddie beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was a moment in time, that was. That was something, wasn't it? It was really, really special. Do you want to put that in? Do you want to rebird any of those? Or is it we just <laughs> we put that amongst them all and just seeing what comes out lucky dip style? Can my VIP uh, luxury item be <laughs> another a DVD? Hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> a terabyte hard drive for all the wrestling ever. The no network. one's ever. Oh, no one's done that yet, and now they have. <laughs> Yay! Ah, oh, Chuck, this it's has been really. This has been, <laughs> this has been really fun, Chuck. Thank you. This has been. Yeah, great. Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, I've had a blast. Uh, where can people find you? I just still hope I didn't sound like a dick earlier. <laughs> oh, you sounded great. Where can people go to find out all about you, sir? Oh, well, um, I live in uh, London, just uh, right here. <laughs> Could you imagine? I please you please give us your GPS tracking code. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, it is, I guess, at Chuck Mambo. No underscores or anything like that. Just at Chuck Mambo on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I am on Facebook, I believe. But um, who the hell uses Facebook these days? I don't know. <laughs> it's very out of vogue, isn't it? I don't really use it anymore. Mm, like my nan's cat got an update or something. <laughs> okay we can find you on twitter though at chuck mambo that's right and uh sporadically youtube.com slash tkm etm uh should have just about weekly updates of our lives and shenanigans we're hoping to get tk cooper on this very show in a week yeah or so yeah time. he was hoping to do it today unfortunately he had to uh, run away on an errand 
But hey, guess what? I just uh, went to my door and opened a copy of Steel Chair magazine. Have you seen that? Oh, nice! Yeah, I have a little. Uh, I have a little article in there. I wrote something. I think it was just about how nice uh, the wrestling community is. Steel Chair magazine, cheap plug for you guys as well. Get in. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.